Man up in my city on the roof, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe The Providence College Friars Top for the crossover The reverse Oh, baby The rush the Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Providence Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, Providence Crier. Follow me on Twitter, at Providence Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me as always. We have BOC, follow him on Twitter. That's BOC all day. Today is Wednesday, March 16th. First four has already gotten underway last night. Uh, Province plays South Dakota State Thursday at 1240. Um, we will dive into that, but uh, you'll see it's been a while. You know, we um, were at the Big East Tournament. We did record an episode after the Butler game, but it was so bad that we just decided to scrap it. So, But we're back here, BOC. How are we doing? We are, we're doing great. I um, uh, I've never I've never seen a four seed who has been uh, who is the underdog, but appears that's the case with us. Uh, so I'm looking forward to tomorrow's game. But yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a minute since we've uh, recorded. A lot of things have transpired. Good win against Butler, horrendous loss against Creighton. Get the four seed, which I was pleasantly surprised about, quite frankly. Um, and now we're on to uh, Thursday tomorrow against uh, the Jackrabbits. Yeah, so um, before we get into the Jackrabbits uh, in the tournament, BOC and I were – we had boots on the ground for the Big East tournament. Um, awesome time. We'll just quickly recap that, I guess. Um, you know, great time. Thursday, we take the train in. Um, you know, we get there, I want to say like an hour before tip, maybe like 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was awesome, just the buzz in the building. Province takes on Butler. Um it was a game that, you know, they didn't look great for a good portion of the game, BOC. Yet, in t- typical Friar fashion, they just found a way to win. Um, you know, w- what were your overarching thoughts of that game against Bowler? Well, it's, it's, it's easy to look back now. I, I said, you know, we played, <laughs> I thought we played our worst game of the season and came out with a victory. Um, so I was happy with that. I thought we'd right the ship a bit against Creighton. Um we just get into too many scoring droughts and we're, we're the past few games we were relying a little bit too much from three, uh, even, you know, the close one against Nova, it was, we were down, you know, big at half because we were just couldn't hit a shot. And that's a concern. We have a lot of boomer bust players with Horkler and Reeves specifically. Um, and they're busting right now. Hopefully they can remedy that for tomorrow because as we'll discuss this, this uh, Jackrabbit team can score, score the ball. Um, but yeah, it's just, we're boomer bust from the perimeter and we weren't great against Butler and we certainly weren't great against Creighton. Yeah. So Friars get the win against Butler 65, 61 really capped off by Al Durham's late three pointer. And then uh, subsequent run out dunk to close it out. Um, so then the Friars played the next day, Friday night against Creighton. Um, 
dude, the environment at MSG that Friday session was insane. First of all, ticket secondary ticket market skyrocketed with UConn, Villanova, and Providence fans all in town. Um, ton of buzz outside the streets of MSG. Let's go Friar chance. UConn, UConn, UConn chance. Um, Villanova fans, they were there in droves, but they didn't really chant much walking in, into the arena. Um, but it was a great – it set up to be a great doubleheader. Um, Providence obviously beat down Creighton at home to win the Big regular season title to clinch it. Uh, this game, not so much. Uh, they trade baskets early, and then Providence just, as you alluded to earlier – went on a cold streak. Uh, Creighton goes on a massive run to end the half. I believe it was like 19 to two or something like that. And then <laughs> second half, it was funny because you told me at halftime they're down 15. You're like, don't worry. And you also said that in the Butler game very late. Don't worry. Uh, and, you know, you were right against Butler. I thought we had a chance too, but we just came out flat as hell second half. Dude, we had, we had two uh, shot clock violations in the first two possessions. And, I, I think my don't worry comments are just because his team finds a way to claw back and win. Like we saw against Butler late in the season, they were down 19 at one point and they clawed yeah. back and won that one at, on the road. Um, and Creighton, you know, isn't, it, isn't that great of an offensive team. It seems like sometimes they, there's just a lid on the hoop for your team. Um, and that's what it was for Providence. And conversely, I think it was one of the best offensive performances that Creighton had, had all year. Um, so yeah, went, you know, a, oh, so, sorry I, to interject, but I just felt like, you know, our poor, poor offense just caused our defense to collapse on itself. And then Creighton was just missing or was hitting every shot they had. Um, and yeah, just all snowball, I think. I feel like our defense is at its worst when we aren't playing well offensively. Yeah. Um, the thing that bothered me more than anything else, because I can live with just like shots not dropping because sometimes you just have those days. The thing that was like really bothersome was the lackadaisical approach on defense. And I think you have a point there. Um, I think they felt a little bit defeated and before the game was over, obviously, and it, it showed on both ends. Um, I hate seeing that on the defensive end because you can control effort and defensive intensity and they just didn't have it against Creighton. It seemed like they were just like going through the motions because they knew they already were already in the tournament. And that, that really bothered me because they had a chance to make a serious statement winning the, the regular season Big East conference and the Big East tournament. And quite frankly, they had a very easy path to the Big East final. Uh, nobody has said really mentioned that, but it was a very, very easy pass to the Big East final. And they, they quite frankly just blew it on Friday night. And it's a shame because Besides the UConn fans there, Providence was the second team that was, like, most represented. We arguably had, you know, the same amount of fans, if not more. And the team never even gave the, the Friars a chance to uh, – the Friars and their fans a chance to get excited about the game. It was just a horrendous showing. Yeah, for sure. Um, yep, but, uh, you know, the one good thing I tweeted after the game was in the Friars' first two losses this year, they went off and ripped eight straight wins. So uh, that's encouraging. Uh, but yeah, so obviously it dug there. The UConn-Villanova game lived up to the hype. You got out of there at halftime. I stuck around. I was befriending all the Villanova fans, uh, rooting hard for Villanova against UConn. Villanova gets the win. They advanced the title game. I ended up going to the title game, BOC. 
and wow, uh, you went into the building and it was like a library. It there no buzz, like just the the difference between Thursday or excuse me Friday night session and the Saturday championship session was like drastically clear. Well, when, I think I think the two best fans in terms of attendance and rowdiness and passion are UConn and PC, in my opinion, of all the Big East teams. Um, so when both those teams got knocked out, I knew right away that the tickets were going to be drastically less than they were in on Friday, and the environment wasn't going to be as great. It seemed like there were a lot of people there, which is good. I was actually fearful that like it was going to be like a half full stadium. Um, and there weren't, there wasn't going to be any noise. It seemed like there wasn't too much noise, but everybody was, it was packed for the most part. So that's good. Yeah. It, uh, so the crowd, definitely a huge crowd. No offense, pretty much took over all over uh, NYC, like the bars I was at Mustang Harry's full, full of no offense. Um, and so, you know, you get to the game and like just the buzz in the building, just not there. The game was a rock fight for the most part. It was just like a horrible game. Like, of course, Creighton's missing all the shots they, that they hit against us, uh, against Nova. It's very frustrating, of course, that happens. Uh, but, you know, it was a rock fight. It was packed, yes. There were still plenty of Friar fans hanging around, like me. Um, there was – I actually sat in front of the Savior guy. And I was like, were you here all week? And he was like, yep, uh, flew in on Wednesday. Um you know, my team loses the first, very first game of Wednesday, and I've been drinking ever since. That's a loyal fan right there. There you go. Uh, and uh, so, like, in, in terms of the environment, it's so classic. Like, they just have a wine and cheese crowd. Like, let's call yeah. a spade a spade, dude. Like, during gameplay, they just don't really get it going unless they, like, make a big three or they disagree with a call. Then, the, then it starts to get loud in there. But, like, yeah, it was a, a strange environment, but, you know, it ended up being a very good game. Creighton took the lead late, and they were up five, and I thought, they, they I think they have them right where they want them. I think they're going to freaking steal this game. But Colin Gillespie had other ideas, bangs two three-pointers in a row, classic Gillespie, Nova wins the title, so kudos to them. But overall, a fun time at the Big East Tournament, even if the result didn't suggest it. Yeah. All right, it was, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's always my favorite weekend. And even though they fell short, it's just so fun going into the garden, watching hoops at uh, MSG. Um, so I'll continue to do it every year. It's something I think every fan should do, regardless of wherever you are. If you're in New England, however, wherever you are listening to this, try and do it at least once in your life. Go to the garden for a weekend uh, for the Big East tournament. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, for me, that was the first time I went on a Thursday. I usually only go if they make the championship. And yeah, it was freaking awesome, dude. I, I just loved every second of it. Um, so selection Sunday comes and goes. Friars end up holding on to that four C line. You said you were a bit surprised by that. I was too, just because the whole narrative around the team when they got blown out by Creighton was, you know, the metrics plummeted after that loss. Uh, and, you know, with things the way things broke, you kind of just thought they would be on the five line, but fortunate to get the four, unfortunate to get a really good South Dakota state Jackrabbit team, Um, you know, probably over or under seated, excuse me. Um, And I know a lot of people want to go ahead. What do you think they should, what do you think they should be like a 12 or an 11 or what? Yeah. 
Yeah, that sounds about right. But I mean, then again, they are ranked the highest. Um, they are ranked the highest 13th seed, and we are the lowest four seed. The weren't, they, weren't they also receiving votes for the top 25 too? Yeah, they were um, second in receiving votes, thus making them the 27th best team. Uh, yeah, so that's fair. Um, but, uh, you know, when I saw, when I heard her name called, saw the opponent, wasn't thrilled about the opponent. But in terms of the overall draw, you know, we wrote an article on the crier about it. I, I didn't love, I don't love it, but I also don't hate it, BOC. You look at this draw, South Dakota State, we'll get into it after the break here coming up. But, um, you know, you get them first, then you would have to play a really hot Iowa team. But both those teams, offensive-based, right, and not known for their defense. So, you know, I think that's a benefit for the Friars. Also, on top of that, you look at, um, you know, I'm looking at Jared Bynum here. I think he can feast in both of these games, man. The, the fact that they don't have an on-ball guard that, that can stay in front of um, uh, Bynum and, like, I'm, you know, looking at South Dakota State players and then Jordan Bohannon, like, Bynum should be able to be able to get to the rim all night long in, in you know, Thursday night, and especially if we're uh, fortunate enough to play Iowa. So, like, I don't think – the draw is that bad. And then the Midwest is kind of weird from there. You know, you got Kansas as the one. Um, Kansas, you know, they're their typical selves, I guess. But, like, I don't know. It's tough. I actually do have them in my bracket going all the way. But, like, I could easily see them losing early. So, there's that. Uh, I think the draw is not that bad. How about you? Well, you know, I I think all the bedwetting about – South Dakota State, how they're receiving votes, how, you know, they are, you know, looking at some stats, second in the scoring in, in the nation behind Gonzaga, first in the nation in three-point field goal percentage by almost four percentage points at 44.93%. That's absurd. Um, you can be upset that we drew them in the first round, but, you know, it's the NCAA tournament. Every single game is going to be tough. So you just got to, you know, man up and, and be ready to play tough and Everybody's been doubting Providence all year. Uh, this is the time for us to show what we're worth and shut up a lot of fans because, you know, we didn't really do it in the Big East tournament. Um, and I think we gained more skeptics after getting blown out nationally against Creighton. So we have, a, what, two and a half point spread against South Dakota State. Everybody's talking about – it's like they're the trendy upset pick, but when everybody's picking them to win, it's almost like picking us as the trendy upset pick. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean – yeah, so Providence is favoring that game, but um, yeah, it's it's become the upset pick by all the experts, uh, you know, analyzing the field. So um, should be interesting. Uh, I will be there, and let's break it all down. The game against South Dakota State, but first, a quick word from our sponsors at Anchor. Welcome back to the Providence Crier Podcast. All right, BOC first game in the NCAA tournament. Providence against South Dakota State, the 4-13 matchup. Game's being played in Buffalo. Uh, tip time of 12:40 on True TV. Um, like we mentioned earlier in the first segment, you know, Jackrabbits only a two-point dog against the Friars, um, which is pretty 
surprising for a 413 game. But here we are, BOC. Friars Jack Rabbits. We got our preview out already, so you can catch that at theprovincecrier.com. Um, we know they're good at offense. You know, what what can we expect from these guys? So a couple of things that we can expect. They're led by two primary players. Uh, Wilson, who's a six seven undersized forward. He's a senior. He's, you know, close to almost averaging a triple-double, 16 points, eight rebounds, five assists, and shoots 40% from deep. These numbers are hilarious. And then the guy that everybody really knows about is uh, Shireman, who's a 6'6", like, point forward, I would say. He's a sophomore. He puts up – he puts up uh, – actually, I might have wrote those stats down, but he puts up 16, 8, and 5. Wilson, I think, puts up something similar. I don't know about the assist. But he goes 47% from deep. So those are the two main guys you need to focus on. Shireman is your sharpshooter from deep. Um, I mean, most of the team is a sharpshooter from deep, but he is especially, he's a creator. Uh, Wilson is a guy that operates in the paint and kind of is a beneficiary of the team being so, uh, so well-rounded from deep. So Wilson's going to get a lot of points in the paint, but they have a lot of depth too. They have nine player, they have nine players who are averaging over 15 minutes. I think six over 20 minutes. So not only do they have some studs, they have some depth there too. As I mentioned earlier, second in scoring behind Gonzaga, first in the nation at almost 45% from deep. Uh, so we have our hands full on the defensive end. Um, I'll let you talk a little bit about them and some more details, but where they are lacking is their defense. They're 285th in the nation in field goal percentage on the defensive end. Um, so while they may be incredible offensively they are atrocious defensively uh and while they are great from the three point while they're great offensively in general and then from the three-point line as well providence is 57th in the nation in field goal percentage on defense and 58th in the nation in three-point percentage on defense so it's really strength against strength so it's it's going to be an interesting matchup yeah so like here's the thing you know you look at their offense Per Kempom, 12th in offensive efficiency, adjusted offensive efficiency. If you want to go by the raw numbers, they're actually number one in the country. Now, here's my big question for Mr. Kempom. Uh, the adjusted efficiency should take into account the punch you're playing. You look at the Summit League's defensive metrics as a conference. It is horrific. Like, it is laugh out loud funny. And I should credit uh, my buddy Brian O'Rourke for for, show, for bringing that to my attention, not only do they have a bad defense, BOC, but the defense defenses that they're playing in the Summit League are straight garbage. Um, and they shot 47% from three in the Summit League uh, as a whole. Yeah. Yes, they haven't lost since December 15th, but you look at their four losses, they lost to Missouri State, they lost to Idaho, and then they lost to Alabama in Washington. Yep. They did beat Washington State in the non-conference, though, so, so should give them a little credit there. But And you look at those games, they didn't shoot as well from three. So I think – my question to Kempom would be, like, how can you justify the fact that they only drop 11 spots and the difference between the raw and adjusted numbers? What are the adjusted numbers taking into consideration the defense – or, excuse me, taking into consideration the teams you play – um, like, how can you justify that when the Summit League Conference, which they ran training, 
is so porous. Like what's well, that, well, that's, that's the problem. That's Hang the on. problem with Ken Palm. You get rewarded for pasting teams, and if you're at a clear level above whoever you're playing, and you continue to wax them, um, your your Ken Palm numbers are going to skyrocket. Whereas Providence is the exact opposite. We're playing really high level of teams and we're winning close games. Um, so we're not rewarded for those wins as much as we should be. Uh, to your point about Bama and Washington, uh, they're sharp. Sh- the, the, make no mistake, the Jackrabbits are assassins from deep, but against Bama, and we wrote about this in our article on the ProvidenceCry.com, um, they went nine of 31 against Bama from three. And then Washington, they went to six of 17, which was about 35%. So what we have going for us, like the thing that the thing that's a little bit annoying is we keep hearing about how great the Jackrabbits are on offense, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's no mention of size and length and just the defensive intensity in which Providence brings to every game. And I think that is going to be, quite frankly, very eye-opening for South Dakota State. I don't think they're going to be ready for that. Um, we have the physicality and we may be able to just beat them up. Um, so, you know, they're a great team, but quite frankly, so are we. And I think we need to focus on what we do really well because we have a lot going for us that they can't stop. Yeah. Um, you know, I watched their summit league title game against North Dakota and defensively, like they let up so many like easy lanes to the hoop. They give up a lot of threes as well. Um, and North Dakota State was able to kind of slow them down. South Dakota State went into a pretty big scoring drought in the second half, which allowed the Bison to get back into it. Um, and the Bison had a chance to win that game. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at them from a defensive standpoint. And if I'm the Friars, I'm freaking licking my chops, dude. Nate Watson should be able to bully his way to a bunch of points in the paint. You look at Durham and Bynum, those are two guys that should be able to be able to attack the basket, get to the rim, and from there kick out to open shooters if need be. Um, I, I, I do think Horkler and, um, and Reeves are definitely X factors here. You yeah. had brought it up earlier. Um, you know, they were going well right before the Big East tournament, and then the Big East tournament came, and both of them, you know, didn't have their best games. So – if they can get back on track, like, I just feel like we just have so much firepower, both on offense. And then you think about us defensively with Manaya on Baylor uh, Shireman. I feel like we can do a lot of good things in this game. Yeah, I think so. One thing I wrote about in the article, um, based off of some things I was studying on this Jack Rabbit team, uh, great name, by the way, um, the Jack Rabbit team, they, they're going to employ, I, th- I think, unless, unless what I studied was wrong, they're going to employ almost an identical defensive strategy to what Virginia did against us in Newark, where as soon as Watson touches the ball, they're going to send a double. So I, I think the X factor, honestly, is going to be Watson and not be like, hey, can Watson get points in the paint? What Watson needs to do, and it's really, really important, because asking him to do a couple things he's not that great at is – First off, he needs to do his homework early. And when I say do his homework early, you watch all the great postmen in history. They get their position before they even touch the ball. And then when they get the ball fed to them, they only have to take they, – they're already in a great spot and there's no stopping them. Watson sometimes gets the ball too far away from the basket. And if he does that, 
in this scenario, they're going to swarm and double him. And he hasn't, he's gotten much better at it, but he hasn't been shown to be, you know, an apt passer out of the post to an open man. He has gotten better, but he's not excellent at it. So he needs to do his homework early, needs to get low touches. And as soon as he gets those touches, he needs to go up quick because they're going to swarm him as soon as he touches the ball. So he needs to, you know, do his homework, get, get the ball up quick. And as soon as that double comes, he needs to identify it and kick it out because Horkler and Reeves and Durham and Bynum are going to be wide open. So when they need to be ready to, you know, nail an open three because it's going to be there. And then real quick on the defensive end, um, our Achilles heel all year has been pick and roll defense. Um, <laughs> South Dakota state does that very well. So if I'm Cooley and if I'm the assistants, everybody on everybody on the court, you need to not fight, go under screens. If you go under screens, I'm going to lose my mind. That's just horrendous defensive. You don't do that on defense, especially against a team like this. And then also the big men have to hedge in a big way and make the person who has the ball kick it out to whoever is setting the screen. Um, Watson hasn't Watson does that from time to time, but he's also, you know, in the Nova games particularly gotten exposed. Uh, so that's going to be a really tough task for him, specifically the, the defense. And then also, you know, kicking it out of double teams. That's really long-winded, but the reason why it was so long-winded is because Watson is, in my opinion, the most important player in this game. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. Uh, when you look at their pick and roll, like, yeah, I would definitely go over ball screens, obviously, but, um, you know, Wilson isn't a three-point shooter. He shoots 40%, but that's deceiving. He's taking five shots. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so like I kind of like that in terms of like there won't be pick and pop so try not to switch you know and um, because like you said you just don't want Watson on on guarding on an island on the perimeter Um, so try not to switch those and just try and fight through the screens I would expect us to go man for a good portion of this game Um, you you can't can't go zone against this team if they do that I mean, it did work in 2014 against Creighton uh, in the Big East final. I, I really hope they can go zone because we're just we're just a better, more athletic team. Like we can stick with them defensively, man on man. Sorry to mean to interrupt. No, you're good. You're good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just yeah, I, I just think like people just aren't taking enough into account the type of competition that this team has played. Um, I really feel like Watson should be able to have a great game offensively. Um, I, I feel like our defense can cause a lot of issues for them. They don't turn the ball over, but if you get a missed shot, that's that should be like a turnover with our athleticism, right? Because, you know, get the rebound and quickly go the other way. Um, so, but, but we also have to watch for them on transition as well. That's going to be important. Um, you know, off our missed shots, they're going to want to run and gun, try and find an open three, um, or even attack the basket. But so if Providence can not have a horrible shooting game and then not give them those opportunities in the, in, in the, um, in transition, I, I really see them having success against this team. I do too. I, um, 
I just hope they really stay engaged defensively because this team will punish you if you even saggle off them for a second, if you even fall asleep for a possession or two. Like, they are incredible offensively, regardless of whatever, you know, talent level they play. Being second in the nation in anything, regardless of, you know, you're playing in the Big East or you're playing in the Summit League, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a testament to your offensive ability. So they need to stay engaged the entire time. And if they start getting a few stops, it's going to lead to your point you made earlier. It's a great point. They get a few defensive stops. It's going to lead to the offense flowing better. They're going to play with more swagger and they could potentially open this up, but they just haven't shown the ability to play consistent defense or consistent offense. So it's like, you don't know what you're going to get, unfortunately. Um. And, like, I just see the Manaya. I, I see Manaya really matching up well against Sherman. I think he's going to take this matchup personally. Uh, Sherman does a good job of he, – he's got, like, that step back three-point going on. Um, he's got great range. Like, he'll pull up from the logo. Um, so, the guy's got NBA range. I'm, I'm not trying to discredit him, but I think a guy <laughs> Manaya's – size and athleticism should be able to bother him. Um, and that's what I would expect. And then like, I think another key point would be got to dominate the glass here. Um, yep. You know, I'm looking at a crossbow. What can he do? Like, can he come in and give us 15 minutes and get, you know, eight points and grab a bunch of offensive rebounds? Like that would be huge. Um yeah, he's, he's hit a little bit of a, um, a mid-season lull or end-of-season lull. We need to see him get back into the swing of things. Because he's – this is one where – and I predicted in the article, I think Manaya and Horkler both have double-doubles because I think they're just going to swallow up rebounds. This could be a game where Ed comes in and just bullies this entire team. And that's what we need. Um, we need we need some contributions from him. Because, uh, you know, you can't expect Nate to do everything. Um, so I'm hoping he can come in and make an impact like he did earlier in the season. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what do you think about the crowd aspect of this? Obviously, there will be a good contingent of Friar fans traveling to Buffalo. I am amongst them. Plan on leaving later this evening. Should be a fun road trip late night. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like when you're at NCAA tournaments – the casual fan that's just there because they live in Buffalo and they have nothing else to do, they're going to pull for the upside probably, right? Um, but I do think the Friar fans are going to show out for this tournament. Um, I really think they'll travel well. You know, when I went and the game was in Raleigh, I was surprised by the amount of Friar fans that showed up. So, like, I can only imagine what it would be for a six-hour drive, give or take, where it come from. Uh, or even a very quick flight, um, if you're thinking about flying there, to Buffalo. Um, I think the fans will definitely come out, and I think they'll give the Friars the energy in this one for sure. Yeah, I don't. I I don't think the I don't think the 1240 tip helps. Uh, this is one where I wish it was like a five or six p.m. tip, so the fans can on St. Patty's St. Patty's Day uh, get it going a bit. But I think. There'll be a large contingency of Friar fans. Um, and I think they'll make their presence known, uh, known in Buffalo. That's for sure. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, 
the the big story is you know UConn's in Buffalo too. Will there be UConn fans pulling for PC and vice versa? Now that yeah, that's the, the, the big the big question of, of the day. Typically, you have uh, you know the conference allegiances in terms of Biggies fans root for other Biggies teams in the NCAA tournament. You know, we may hate you during the regular season, um, especially during conference play, but when the tournament comes around, we want success for the conference, right? Uh, between UConn and Providence, like the rivalry's so bitter and filled with hate that uh, it's an interesting question because I honestly don't know. To me, I don't think I, – I, I think the one advantage would be like one thing we thought about going to the Big East tournament, we kind of thought UConn fans would come and heckle Providence in the Thursday game, right, at noon. That did not transpire because they played later. And guess what? They played the last game of the night in Buffalo. Yeah. So I actually don't see many UConn fans getting tickets to all sessions. Um, I see them just taking the second session and having a day in Buffalo and uh, going to the game late night. So, you know, I don't see that happening, to be honest with you. Um, in terms of rooting for the Friars, eh, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like Here's the, here's the deal, right? Like, say if we play and we win, you think Providence fans are going to root for UConn that, that go to no. that game that night? No chance. No chance. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm trying to figure out what session, like if I should do both sessions or just that morning session or the afternoon session. Um, but uh, should be good. Uh, I'm real excited. So let's get into predictions, BFC. You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. I um so I predicted a Providence win, and I said, no surprise here, it's a tight one. We win eighty to seventy six. Um, I think it's going to be tight because we'll play great defense, but there's going to be some times where you just shrug your shoulders because you know Manaya has a great contest against Shireman and he just buries a three in his face. Like that's probably going to happen a few times and. You have to live with that. And this team is too great offensively to um, not keep things close. I think Friars pull away in the second because of their physicality uh, and their length and just their overall presence on the court. Um, it'll be a good one regardless, though. And I know you will probably be in the stands thinking, oh, God, here comes an upset, and you'll be nervous. And I'll be texting you just like I was in the Big East tournament saying, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> like in Goodwill Hunting, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Yes, my have, tables have changed this season. Um, but I'm going on a little, little bit different take here. Um, I got the Friars winning 77-65. I, I honestly think Providence will try and slow down the tempo on offense, work deep in the shot clock, and, uh, you know, try and get their offense going that way. Um, defensively, I think they make life tough on them from the three-point line. Um, Cooley teams always hang their hat on, you know, force them to make tough twos. Don't give up the three. You have them take tough twos. Um, and I think they can do that in this game. I, I really do. Um, sure, we will give up some threes, but I think if you can get them to be cold early, they'll probably just keep firing from deep. Um, I, I know they have a good two-point field goal percentage as well. But I just feel like our physicality is going to try and 
lend them towards taking more threes and taking a yeah. bunch of threes probably in this game. Um, now, yeah, I, I just think the fact that we're going to try and wear them down slowly. You know, this game reminds me of is the game we played against Vermont this year. Mm. If you look at Vermont, they are number 40 in offensive efficiency. Um, and, you know, the similar team in the sense that dominant team in a not so great conference. Um, and what do we do that game? We won 68 50. We slowed it down. We kind of wore them out. It made them frustrated. I think something similar happens here. A uh, little more high scoring just because I was thinking about, like, even if we try and slow this game down, are you really going to hold this team off their average by, like, 30 points? Probably not. <laughs> so um, I'm going with 77-65. And we talked about in the article making a statement. You know, all these experts picking against Providence, all these people saying how lucky they are still. Um, you know, and that only heightened after the blowout loss at Creighton. Uh, I think this team has responded all year and they're going to respond to this challenge. I, I really think so. And a 12 point game in a four thirteen, you might not think that's a statement. Well, guess what? That's six times the amount of the spread. So yeah. that's what I think is going to happen. I got the Friars winning 77, 65. Awesome. Um, so let's, let's, we'll close on this. You want to maybe pick just for the first, first set of games. Cause we'll record after, uh, the hopeful Providence win. Do you have any upsets that you're seeing in the first set of games? Or I guess we'll say the first, I'm sure. I'm sorry. The first round we'll say. First round. I'm, put, I'm putting you on the spot. So I'll, I was just looking, I'll pick two for you. I think Indiana is the 12 that beat St. Mary's the five. I don't necessarily know if that's considered a big upset. Um, the other one I'm looking at with the uh, firing, with the firing of Will Wade, Iowa state beating LSU. Um, You know, you know, the one that's interesting, and I have my eye on it, I could see Colgate making it really interesting. Wisconsin doesn't score a lot. You know, Colgate and they, Johnny Davis, you don't know his status. That one's really interesting. Um, but, yeah, those are the ones that jump out to me. What about you? Um, I got a couple. Um, I actually think both playing teams, of the good teams, that is, will win. Um their opening round games. So the game that you had, uh, now it's Indiana against St. Mary's. I, I like that. Um, and on the flip side tonight, we got Rutgers, Notre Dame. I see Rutgers winning that game and then beating Alabama. Um, I could even see Notre Dame even maybe beating Alabama. Alabama's just been so weird this year. Yeah. Uh, the resume is just so bizarre. Um, so I'm looking at that. I'm also – I like Davidson over um, over Mich State. I, I think Michigan State's just not very good this year. Um, and so I'm liking that one. Um, see anything else? I, I kind of went chalky with my bracket. Like, I've been doing research, but I can't, like, focus and dig in on each game. So I've, like, I kind of just ran through it. And now I'm like, should I change stuff? Now I'm thinking of maybe not changing stuff. But uh, also, I'm looking for Michigan. Uh, I don't think they deserve to be in the tournament at all. But here they are. And I feel like teams that that happens to 
they constantly like at least win a game or two to shut people up. Right. Um, so, you know, Michigan over Colorado state, not really an upset. I believe Michigan's actually favored. Um, but I got that one. And then let's see here. I, I have one more pretty good one. Oh, I like UAB. Oh, so I, I'm going upset, upset in the South region. Uh, so UAB versus Houston in the 12-5. I like UAB. Um, listen, I, I get Houston keeps winning games, but they're undermanned. I know they're great defensively, but I just don't see them making a run this year. They, they, they don't have the, the horses that they had last year, like not even close, really. Um, lose Marcus Sasser at the beginning of the year. Um, so I like UAB. Could look pretty dumb with that. I also like Chattanooga. I thought they got a tough draw against Illinois. But you look at that Illinois team, talk about a team that was better last year than this year. And what happened to Illinois last year as a one seed? They lose second round to Loyola Chicago. So, um, you know, and we talked about – you and I talked about when I was hanging out at your place, Corbello's numbers went in the lineup versus when not in the lab. And – they are interestingly staggering. Yeah. Uh, so I got Chattanooga. Um, but all right, let's do this. Where do you have the Friars ending up in your bracket? And what's your final four? And what's your champion? Uh, let me pull it up. Um, so I actually, ha- I've been following the first round, but I'm, you know, I'm thinking one game at a time. As cool no, as I know. But, but I mean, considering start of the tournament, come on. Uh, let's see. So I will say... Well, first off, did you do a bracket? Not yet. My wife and I are doing one tonight, but I've okay. been I've been following it closely. Um, I think I, at initial glance, will go Gonzaga up top in the upper upper left region. Um, I haven't decided yet between Purdue or who's the one below that Kentucky. Right, they're the yep. two seed there. Yeah, I haven't decided between Purdue or Kentucky, but I think one of those two teams make it out. Um, it honestly wouldn't shock me if it, if Nova makes it to the final four, um, if not Arizona. And then, and then I have Auburn in ours. Um, I think Auburn beats Kansas. I think, I think we make it to the sweet 16 and have a valiant effort against Kansas, but end up losing in uh, the sweet 16. That's, that's exactly what I have in my bracket. Uh, yeah. I got Providence advancing sweet 16, beating South Dakota state, upsetting Iowa. And then lose, or well, even though I was the five, uh, but I, I guarantee you, if we play Iowa, we will not be favored. Um, and then losing the Kansas in, in a close game as well. Um, my final four: I got Duke, Purdue, and then on the other side, I got Arizona, Kansas. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to at least have a one. I don't think it'll be all ones, um, but I got two in there. Typically, you'll have one to two at, at the very least in your final four. So yep. that's what I'm going with. You know, Duke, I got them beating Gonzaga. Uh, they beat them earlier this year. I'm sure Gonzaga would love revenge. But I, I got them winning that. Coach K makes the final four. Then it all comes crashing down. Because uh, then you're on the biggest stage, right? Final four. And what did Duke do last time on the biggest stage? Coach K last game. They, they pooped the bed. So that's what I think will happen. And then I got Purdue and Kansas in my final with Kansas winning it all. Again, I hope the I hope the Friars 
absolutely blow up my bracket. That would be lovely. Oh yeah, I love. I, I actually love. Uh, I love Purdue. Um, they're they're really an intriguing team to me. Um, I don't yeah, know. Maybe... I mean, like their defense. Their defense is not very good. And, yeah. and I'll admit that. But when you got two bigs and Edie and Trevion Williams, you got an NBA talent um, in, in uh, Ivy. Plus, you got you got some other shooters too. Sasha Stefanovic, I love that guy. Um, yeah, I, I think they're a very tough team to prepare for, and they're loaded. So, I really like Purdue. Um, it's actually kind of funny. I, I think probably then my biggest upset, now that I think of it, and let's see if I've changed this, but in oh wait, they're in the Midwest, right? Yeah, USC over over Auburn. Auburn is an electric factory. They really are. They're fun to watch. They're nasty. Yeah. But they're also very sketchy. You yep. look at some of the close wins they've had in the SEC against Georgia, against Missouri. I should have redone that. I should have said against Missouri, against Georgia. Uh, yeah. But both of them, those teams are pretty crappy. Uh, they get run out of the gym by Tamu in the opening round of the SEC tournament. Man, I – I don't love USC, but I think they're kind of flying under the radar right now. Um, so we'll see. I guess that's my biggest upset that I have, that I have though in the whole thing. Yeah, it's gonna. I I love Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Some of the best four days of college basketball. And I guess yep. maybe maybe we'll we'll wrap this one by pouring one out for uh, Travis Steele. Um, is is he? That just happened while we were... just happened. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. So the guys they, from they got to bring back what is it? Chris Mack or Sean Miller? <laughs> it's funny you say that because the guys at theater college hoops, you know, and I've I've had the same sense too. But like they should just go back from the very beginning, try and get Thad Mata, have Sean Miller be his assistant. Thad Mata leaves for another job. Bring back in Sean Miller. Sean Miller hires Mack as assistant. <laughs> bring back Mack. And just a and then, cycle. And then, just and then, tra- then, then Travis Steele coaches them again in 20 years. Oh, boy. I, I don't think Xavier fans would be too thrilled with that one. Uh, wow. That, yeah. You kind of had to see it coming because that was an epic meltdown. Um, quickly on that. I, I was driving to you that night, listening to that game on the radio. And when Scruggs fouled the guy, it was the Xavier broadcast, too. Scruggs, Scruggs fouls the guy. The announcer was like, what? What? Why would you do that? He was freaking out. And he basically nailed it. Like, once it went to overtime, he's like, they're done. They're done. Yeah. Right. Oh. Um, but, yeah, pouring out to Travis Steele. I got two quick announcements before we get out of here. Um, one being, as many of you have seen and voted for me, and I appreciate that, I'm in this college basketball Twitter bracket made by Thomas Kavanaugh. He's a, I believe he's, like, a senior at St. John's. Um he did a bracket of uh, college basketball Twitter follows. I advanced with a massive upset, 14 over three, uh, against Cheesy Cheese or Cheesy Cheesy. Don't know who that is, but got the win in thrilling fashion. I won my three votes, VOC. But next round is today. So hopefully this pod gets out by the time, uh, by the time voting opens at 3 p.m., but I'm in the second round. Uh, 
taking on this guy named JJ Post. Don't really know what he does either, but uh, would love your support. Let's let's get the crier in the Sweet 16. Let's get the Friars in the Sweet 16. Let's get the crier in the Sweet 16. Um, but if I advance the Sweet 16, I'm going to get blow, my doors blown off because for some odd reason, John Moran is in this. And the funny thing was, uh, I was talking about it in the Friars Oops chat group, and they're like, who is John Moran? Is he like a Wichita guy account? I was like, no, like actual all-star like John Morant. He's going to blow me out. This might this might be your time to finally meet John Morant via a uh, via beating him in a Twitter poll from somebody at St. John's University. What a world. Yeah, so I'm in that. And then another announcement, BOC, I hope you join tonight if you can. I think I'm doing a Twitter spaces tonight on the road. We're leaving tonight at like seven. I think I'm gonna fire one up around like eight, nine o'clock. So live Twitter spaces for the province crier uh, on the road, road tripping to Buffalo. So be sure to check in on that. All right, that's all I got. Happy March Madness to everyone. Go Friars. We'll see you later. Let's get a W, guys. See you guys later. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah. David Duke when I'm way up on the hoop, babe. Cross over, I might go to LEU. Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school. PC, you know we on go, ayy. Feel like AJ Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ayy. Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Hope, ayy. I'm the alpha dog, Diallo. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage. Any team we bump into, we gon' let them have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we taking over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the alley-oop But they sleeping on me while well, I take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth